You know, we've spoken so much about the tragedies unfolding in Ukraine these past three weeks. Guests describing fleeing war, living in war zones, watching as their cities, their homes, their plans for the future crumble under a barrage of often indiscriminate Russian firepower. Russia may not be winning this war. That doesn't mean millions of Ukrainians aren't hanging on for survival every single day. And that probably isn't more true than in the city of Mariupol, the southern coastal city of Mariupol, home once to more than 400,000 people. Well, yesterday, quite publicly, Russia attacked a theater in the center of that city, all but destroying the building. Hundreds of people had been sheltering from shelling and bombing there, the shelling and bombing that's rained down on their city for 21 days. It was feared that hundreds may be dead. And today that attack drew widespread condemnation, including from U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and President Joe Biden. Yesterday, Russian forces bombed a theater in Mariupol where hundreds of people had been taking shelter. The word children had been written in Russian in giant white letters on the pavement outside the building so that you could know from the air that there were children inside. Putin's brutality and what he's doing and his troops are doing in Ukraine is just inhumane. A murderous dictator, a pure thug who is waging an immoral war against the people of Ukraine. Well, today, a sliver of somewhat good news amid so much bad news, a ray of hope on an otherwise bleak day for those trapped in that city. It's now believed that there were no victims, that no one died at least. That's the early indications from that bombing. Again, those still in that city, though, under siege for a 22nd day, running short of food, water, without electricity, unable to flee as humanitarian corridors are also attacked, stuck looking for refuge in buildings that are now also targets for Russia. Well, joining me now with more is Dmitry Guerin. He's a member of the Ukrainian parliament from Mariupol. He still has family in that city tonight. Dmitry, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for inviting me. I guess an update on everyone, I think many people have seen images of the attack on the theater in central Mariupol yesterday. Um, I gather there is at least some positive updates coming from that attack today. The last information we have uh, that uh, there is no casualties. Uh, you know that there is a big problem uh, to connect uh, with Mariupol and get news from there. But uh, we know that uh, this basement uh, in uh, drama theater, uh, it uh, wasn't uh, broken, it wasn't destroyed. And uh, people, by our last information, people, people are safe. This was there were two attacks I gather yesterday, both on a swimming pool nearby and on the theater itself, which were known to be places where people were taking refuge. I mean, these are indiscriminate attacks against civilians. Uh, how do you describe it? Uh, it's a very simple story. Russia three weeks ago uh, started an ordinary war, just a conventional war, army against army. When they uh, have seen, and uh, all the world, by the way, have seen that. Uh, they cannot beat us on a battlefield, and everybody understood that uh, uh, so-called second army uh, of uh, in the world is uh, just a joke. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> they decided they decided to start to terrorizing our city. They took a Mariupol in the siege, and uh, they are start they started to just heavily bomb Mariupol. They destroyed, as for now. Uh, 30% of all the buildings in the city are totally destroyed and 50% are hardly damaged. So there is no Mariupol anymore. It's uh, Aleppo and uh, uh, Russians just uh, 
it's it's not the war anymore it's mass murdering uh we see clearly that they want uh, to start hunger in mariupol uh just to uh, enforce uh, their position uh, on the diplomatic processes and they will sit and uh, every day people will die from hunger and uh, russian will sit and wait and ask is it okay for you that 10000 more people uh died from hunger in mariupol <clears throat> and for us for ukraine of course it's not okay and for state terrorist, that is Russia is, it's okay. <clears throat> there are, I understand, hundreds of thousands of people still trapped in the city. They can't get out humanitarian corridors, or at least humanitarian corridors are being attacked. <laughs> humanitarian corridors are being attacked from the first day. And the first day they sat, uh, uh, they opened humanitarian corridors, of course they didn't. Uh, but uh, they uh, shot from artillery to the meeting points for evacuation. And then they, uh, they were uh, shelling of humanitarian uh, convoys, and uh, they are shooting all the people uh, trying uh, to escape uh, just on their, on their private cars, the civilians with white flags. Uh, and uh, uh, they have an order to kill everybody who tries to escape. So they, it, it's, uh, we see that their goal is hunger in the middle of Europe. And all the world is saying that so you all are united around Ukraine. So you're all united and uh, in this United States just looking for hunger to break up in the middle of Europe in uh, one third of a million people, not because we don't have food, but because one mad maniac blocks the city. Mitro, this is your hometown. You were you, on Twitter. You have pictures of where you used to buy food when you were a kid at school. It must be devastating to have to watch while and uh, so little to do at this. Point. They live. Uh, they, I lived in uh, Mariupol for fifteen years, uh, ten uh, uh, years in school, and five in, in university. And uh, uh, they destroyed like this fifteen years of my life. It's totally destroyed. Uh, my school, my university, my uh, yards, my building, uh, all, all the building around. The building where I lived in, uh, like a nine-story building with 200 flats, is totally burned. And uh, uh, there is no any chance uh, to restore it, which has just to be demolished. Uh, so, no, they, they really, they bombed my past and they destroyed my past. It's uh, very interesting feelings what could be i mean we hear so many kind words coming out of the west we hear kind words after uh, president Zelensky spoke to canada earlier this week to the u.s yesterday to germany today <clears throat> but what can be done what must be done to save those living in mariupol right now well first of all uh everybody have uh, to understand that world war three it started that mr putin said they are not going uh to invade ukraine now he's saying they did not invade Ukraine and that uh, they are uh, not going to invade Europe, NATO countries, and uh, they, uh, they already didn't uh, uh, want to invade Ukraine. Yeah, uh, So uh, it's inevitable. They will invade. They uh, will uh, uh, you know, attack, I think, Baltic states and Poland uh, because Mr. Putin can, cannot stop. Uh, he just don't know how to. He never stopped, and uh, he's raising stakes more and more. 
and uh, uh, they decided to have a war against all the world. <coughs> You've written, or at least shared, the idea that there can be no compromise, there can be no negotiating with Vladimir Putin, even to save, even if it meant, I guess, uh, the promise, perhaps, not the, not the reality, but the promise of, of trying to save, or at least open up humanitarian corridors from Mariupol. You think there, there can't be a compromise, there is no negotiating right now? Well, of course, we are trying to negotiate and we are uh, making all the force in diplomatic processes. Uh, it's you know it's uh, just a problem is they don't want to negotiate and they don't want to to have any compromises. Uh, they uh, it's okay for them to kill civilians. You know they ha- they are killing uh, on a butcher and they're paying. We have uh, refugees uh, from there now and uh, the, the, the incredible stories. The Russian soldiers killing people for fun, for fun once again, and uh, we have uh, the the usual. Fascist state we have seen 80 years ago, and now we are hearing talks about uh, like uh, races yesterday from Mr. Putin about clean races and non clean races, about uh, national traitors, and uh, that uh, Russia need to repress uh, these people. So, we all of us we have seen it. And uh, uh, it's uh, once again, it's not it's not the war anymore. It's mass murdering. And when you asked what we have, all of us have to do to free people to, from Mariupol, uh, we understand that no fly zone. We are asking you and asking you about no fly zone. You are saying no, it's not possible. Okay, so let's all together press on Mr. Putin and make a real humanitarian corridor from Mariupol and get our children and get our uh, uh, our elderly out of the mousetrap, because no water, no food, no heating, or uh, electricity, mobile network, and uh, temperature below zero uh, at night, like minus seven. I'm speaking with Dmitry Guerin, member of the Ukrainian parliament uh, from Mariupol. We're talking about the situation in that city under siege now for three weeks, the dire humanitarian situation in that city, not to mention the indiscriminate bombing of residential areas in that city. When we come back, we'll talk briefly about the fact that Mariupol has in fact been on the front lines of a war with Russia for eight years now, and what warnings may have been heeded earlier so that this wouldn't happen. We'll be back. I'm back with Dmitry Guerin, member of the Ukrainian parliament from the southern Ukrainian port city of Mariupol, under siege now for three weeks, uh, a dire humanitarian situation in the city itself, uh, civilian being shelled indiscriminately by Russian forces. Dimitro, you've been watching this war now for a long time. Uh, it's been eight years that Mariupol has been sitting on the front line, essentially, of a war with Russia. Were there warnings earlier that weren't heeded by everyone? Did you know this was, did you see this day coming when Putin would go this far? Yeah, of course, because they have the same tactics. And uh, as a person who lived uh, uh, in Moscow during uh, 12 years, uh, during the regime of Putin, uh, understood that uh, they they always do the same thing. They did it in Chechnya, they did it in uh, uh, Georgia, they did it in Syria, and uh, they will did it. Uh, they will do it everywhere. It's just okay for them, you know. The people are, are of two categories. For one, it's not possible to kill civilians, and to other, it's possible. And to the to the guys who can 
who are able to kill civilians and who are able to drop bombs on maternity hospitals and uh, the, the drama theater where the huge letters children is written near the building, yeah, for, for especially for pilots uh, of uh, airplane. And for, for these guys who can drop these bombs, it's not the point for them on which, in which cities they drop, drop a bomb. In Wroclaw, in Warsaw, in Riga, or in Mariupol, they just can do it. And uh, maybe you know that uh, Putin's Goebbels, uh, Mr. Solovyov, already said that Ukraine is uh, just a just, uh, you know, first step on national Russian TV. So what have to all this all the world have to understand that it's already World War Three. And it's only the matter of time when you join this war. And the only difference is the difference between how many Ukrainian people will die and uh, on which territory do you will you have this war? Yeah, and in the moment you will join, in, in which territory this uh, war will be at uh, that time? On the territory of Ukraine or in the territory of NATO? And, and you have you know, to think about it twice. And this from someone, as you mentioned, you've lived both on the front lines of a war for 12 years or for many, many years, and then in Moscow for 12 years as well. For listeners who don't know this, the city of Mariupol at one point was part of a, you know, was voted for Viktor Yanukovych way back when. Has Vladimir Putin succeeded in turning Mariupol into a city that will forever be Ukrainian and fly the Ukrainian flag? Can he ever, can I Russia think, ever conquer that city? I think, uh, I think, yes. I think all the cities that were attacked by uh, Putin, uh, all, all of these cities will be pro-Ukrainian forever because uh, now we have a moment when uh, all, uh, all the, when we, you know, we now the solid nation now. We never had, we always had questions, we always had, you know, uh, what's our, uh, like, uh, course uh, of future, what, what Ukraine have to be. Now we don't have this question. Now we don't have all these questions. Now we have solid nation that understands what all of us want to do and what all of us wants to be, like free, democratic, uh, economically successfully successful, uh, integrated into European Union and safe country for everybody, for all Ukrainians. And that's our vis vision of future. And uh, uh, the Mr. Putin, he already lost everything. He lose in this, in this game. He thought that he, that Ukraine will be the part of Russian world, you know, that uh, Russian-speaking world, but it will never be anymore. Because in Mariupol, people couldn't believe that uh, Putin will bomb Russian-speaking city. 95% of people in Mariupol are still Russian-speaking. And they couldn't, my parents resisted to go away from, to evacuate from Mariupol. Because they couldn't believe it wasn't possible for them that Putin will do it. It's it, it's not possible. They are all living in the myth of uh, you know that that sold Russian soldiers of USSR soldiers of World War II that were noble and they saved lives and all and all this blah blah blah. And now we see what Russian soldiers and Russian army really are. So, Dmitro, what now? I mean, it, we've seen this continue now for three weeks. The siege of Mariupol. 
do you see any hope that it will stop before the city is completely destroyed? I think no. I think uh, that uh, their goal is uh, hunger in Mariupol to uh, enforce their uh, position on diplomatic processes. Really, I, I think it's a goal. And, uh, no, and uh, everybody knows it. Everybody uh, in the world knows that Mariupol is out of food. And Mariupol is out of water. And because of cl- climate, the city doesn't have wells. Right. You know, they are really out of water. And uh, uh, everybody knows it. And uh, everybody is just looking. Oh, so bad. We are so concerned about Mariupol. Dimitro Guerin, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it today. I uh, hope all your loved ones are safe. Thank you.